puck drops here. Let's get lost tonight. You could be my black cake mouse tonight. Play secretary on the ball tonight. And you don't give a f what they all say, right? Awesome, the Christian and Christian Dior. Damn, they don't make them like this anymore. I ask this, I'm not sure. Do anybody make real d anymore? Bow in the presence of greatness. Cause right now, that has forsaken us. You should be honored by my lateness. That I would even show up to this place. So go ahead, go nuts, go ace. Especially in my pastel on my paper. Act like you can't tell who made this new gospel. Homie, take six and take this. Hater. Aren't that many cowboys these days? Not real ones like Twin Hurdu Home to This is Hunhurtu from Tua. You're listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And returning after a couple of weeks of super busyness, Jim Dwyer here. Yeah, busy uh, busy September for lots of folks because all these football games, but Lions, Tigers, and Wolverines. Oh my. Yeah. I'll have to so. rewrite uh, The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Let's forget about the Bears. <laughs> yeah. Suck. But yeah, no, uh, amazing. I think uh, didn't actually read Detroit's uh, sports section today, but I think without any doubt, this was the Lions' biggest football victory maybe in about 40 years. And it's interesting how they're doing national stories about the renaissance of Detroit. You know, car sales were up big time today for a number of the big three, and. Uh, Talking about the urban gardens and the success of the sports teams. And, of course, the Red Wings. Perennial champs. What have they won? Ten of the last 11 Central Division titles. Yeah, the longest uh, continuous playoff uh, streak in all of professional sports. Yeah, in terms of consecutive playoff oh, appearances. Yeah. Good stuff. Although I will quickly add, I need to do a little bit more research into this. I'm not sure exactly what's up with it, but uh, Amway has increased its uh, corporate sponsorship of uh, the Red Wings. Clearly, they stand to benefit. I don't see what Mike Illich uh, stands to gain from an Amway affiliation there. I think uh, the Detroit Red Wings are probably the most uh, internationally you know, at least in Canada and the U.S., where hockey is uh, followed, uh, one of the most recognizable and certainly profitable franchises. So uh, easy to see what Amway stands to gain. I'm very curious what Mike Illich hopes to gain from an Amway connection. Well, who knows? Maybe uh, it's the power of prayer. <laughs> Lots of interesting stories about uh, Rick Perry 
and his connection to some very uh, strange religious groups. Well, there's a long tradition of strange religious groups uh, rubbing shoulders with Texas politicians. Of course, James Baker, longtime advisor and uh, Secretary of State, I believe, yeah. uh, for George Bush the first, uh, was a very active member of an end time group. Uh, people who actively await, you know, with great anxious anticipation. Oh, please let it happen in my lifetime, uh, the destruction of the world. So I always thought it was kind of curious to have a guy who hopes for the end of the world to be your secretary of state. Um, however, to his credit, James Baker was one of the few secretaries of state that we've had who was ever willing to publicly go on record saying, uh, you build more settlements, Israel, we're cutting off the money. And that is a concept that the Obama administration really needs to revisit because Israel's in the driver's seat, and it doesn't make any sense. You spoke about this a little bit uh, on the program last week as I listened at home. Uh, it's remarkable the extent to which uh, Netanyahu is cheered as though he were Christ himself uh, in Congress, and uh, Obama could never hope to receive such a jubilant uh, reception there, uh, or even a civil and polite one, I think, from a lot of the Republicans. But uh, why the settlement process is continuously allowed to disrupt uh, peace negotiations is is baffling. Well, yeah, and the Obama administration, to their credit, has actually taken a position on it. The problem is, is that it's not a hardline position. It's more of a kind of position yeah. and a, a, a gentle public rebuking, but not uh, forceful enough in terms of, uh, you know, literally forcing Israel uh, to... Um, At the end of the day, U.S. taxpayers are underwriting the settlement process. The settlement process, and, and it's very interesting. I just finished a book about the 9-11 um, situation uh, by Anthony Summers, a fairly well-known uh, British journalist who's written three very good books throughout his career, one on uh, Marilyn Monroe, interestingly, one on the Kennedy assassination, and one on J. Edgar Hoover. He's the one that exposed that uh, in his book that J. Edgar Hoover was actually being blackmailed by the mob when he was dressed as Little Bo Peep. And it, I hope, by the way, that the new biopic... Uh, and it wasn't Halloween. <laughs> no, no. That was probably about every Thursday afternoon for... Uh, uh, Mr. Hoover, or Jedger, as uh, I sometimes like to call him. There's a biopic coming out about him. I oh, forget yeah. who's directing it. Oh, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, and it's got Leonard yeah, DiCaprio that, that in it. could be quite uh, quite good, but we'll have to see about that. An underrated uh, pretty boy actor, I would say. Yeah, he's a fine say. actor. No, think, he is. Yeah. He is. Uh, there actually are some Hollywood dudes. <laughs> Brad Pitt comes to mind. Pretty good actor at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, anyway, we've uh, uh, strayed far afield here, but uh, mentioned Rick Perry. So, uh, oh yeah, well, him, we uh, can his... at least. Uh, it's it's fascinating to to watch this guy absolutely collapse. Uh, a month ago, he was the man on the white horse. Now he appears to be uh, riding a burrow. <laughs> Burrowing uh, himself, seated backwards, <laughs> like the scene in. Uh... For a few dollars more. Yeah, there you go. It's a dead man going out of town on a burrow. And, uh, yeah, that uh, his, his debate performances have been worse and worse. Uh, and it's amazing how there's this suddenly this uh, Christie chit-chat about running for president. 
uh, which baffles me because, I mean, it's quite late in the ball game to uh, get involved with that. Uh, states are moving up their primaries right Indeed. now. And uh, you need money, unfortunately, to run for president. And I don't, you know, Christie's got his own, I, I would think he's got his own uh, problems with the far right uh, in terms of some of his positions. But yeah, Perry, uh, I think they can already make a movie about him. The 61-year-old virgin. <laughs> he's just, that that uh, attack that he attempted on Romney where he fumbled and bumbled around a bunch of talking points that he'd attempted to memorize and he couldn't even spit it out was... Uh, well, if that's not uh, the quintessential campaign ad, I don't know what it would be. But. Well, perhaps the awkward name of the hunting camp that uh, he has been connected with as well, which is in true Texas style, uh, named with a racial epithet. And I forget the uh, the actual author of this article, but apparently there's an amazing expose <laughs> of, of his connection to a uh, very strange protestant cult <laughs> that he seems to be associated with uh that appears in a recent edition of the texas observer that i know you can probably check that online but uh, this is one of these uh very strange uh rapture <laughs> uh, christian groups that are uh, ironically based in colorado springs colorado and uh troubling indeed uh it's, it's interesting though perry's big problem with the far right constituency, despite you know, despite his fumbling and bumbling in the debates, has been his position on the so-called Dream Act. Um, you know, where he mm. is being taken to task on the uh, immigration issue, right? Which, of course, is one of those issues that never gets solved. Uh, there's just a lot of rhetoric uh, repeatedly uh, thrown around in public about the the problems with uh, illegal immigration. And, of course, uh, it's now emerging uh, quite clearly that it's even damaging our economy, not in terms of unskilled illegal immigrants coming in from Mexico, but actually skilled technical workers uh, as part of the 1B visa plan that uh, got all uh, bollocked up uh, five or six years ago, where many, um, shall we say, high-tech corporations are uh, in need of engineering talent that America is not producing. Well, and if America continues to slash funding and education, there's no reason to expect that to change at any time in the future. It uh, may take a few years to see what the uh, long-term damage of the cuts right here in the state of Michigan uh, might result in. But uh, here locally, of course, there's already talk of further cuts next year. So uh, we'll have to hold our breath and uh, hope we can pick ourselves back off the floor after a while. But speaking of looking for things online and guys named Rick, um, it's been a while, but I haven't been down here for a couple of weeks. So I'm going to give a quick brain damage award to Rick Santorum for Googling himself just a little bit too much. Uh-oh. Um, of course, about five or six years ago, the uh, columnist, uh, uh, on his name, uh, Dan Savage, uh, who writes a uh, advice column that can be found locally in the Metro Times, and usually it's of a fairly sexually explicit nature. These are uh, a lot of questions about the physical dynamics of certain sexual practices or what have you, but he coined a term... Uh, several years ago, um, 
for a sexual byproduct that I won't uh, get into the details of here during the dinner hour. But uh, he took a survey amongst his readers, uh, in numbering in the thousands, uh, his columns available nationwide, online, and in journals like the Metro Times and other cities. And they decided to affectionately name this byproduct Santorum, which, after all, does have a sort of a clinical ring to it. And, uh, of course, when you become a public figure, uh, you are available as a free and open and easy target for satire. And so, for example, uh, you know, Tricky Dick. Uh, Nixon could never sue anybody to prevent that name from being used. He's a public figure. Satire is protected by the First Amendment. And so there you have it. So for Rick Santorum to publicly plead with Google to remove this unwanted Santorum reference uh, from the Google listings, first of all, it only draws more attention to the situation. And secondly, that's not how the world works, uh, Mr. Santorum. Uh, you're a public figure. You are out there espousing your ideas, some of which are pretty twisted and uh, in many ways anti-American. So if you can't handle a little satirical blowback, mm -hmm. well, then perhaps you should go back to the private sector. And America would be much better for it, I think, if you were to do that or find some church to do uh, work for. Um, Santorum is here to stay as a term, and uh, I, if you're, again, listeners, if you're unfamiliar with this, uh, it's worth looking into because it is hilarious. Yes, indeed, uh, and uh, I, my understanding was Google uh, refused to accommodate. As well they should. As wishes. I personally have some, not trouble with the uh, issue of uh, the, the satire involving Santorum, because I think he sort of deserves it. He... Uh, <laughs> put his foot uh, in his mouth once too often. But um, I, I do have a problem with the whole thing about Google, and this is where they direct you based on the popularity of you know the search right. engine and, and, and all of that. But we'll save that for another show. I wanted to definitely uh, give out a brain damage award, I think, to some of the uh, hysteria regarding this uh, drone attack on Al-Alaki. Um, I generally am a uh, in favor of massive budget cuts to the Pentagon, uh, a, a reduction of our uh, military presence in, in, in these uh, misguided wars that we're involved in. But taking out Al-Alaki in a drone attack in Yemen is, uh, in my opinion, justice. Uh, this is not and probably a, good value for the dollar. Good value for the dollar, and I think it's very important to realize that Al-Alaki was. I mean, he's the He's the logical successor to bin Laden. He is the propagandist that's working for al-Qaeda. He is an enemy of the United States of America. And um, the idea that you're going to go into Yemen and, quote, arrest him and read him his Miranda rights and do all these constitutional things that some of the left-wing critics of Obama have uh, brought up in, in various uh, columns uh, over the last couple of days strikes me as, as ludicrous. This guy... First of all, it, it, it's just a fact that he did meet with a couple of the 9-11 hijackers personally. Uh, wh whether he had foreknowledge, one doesn't know. But he has been the main uh, propagandist, uh, because he's articulate in English and an American citizen, 
for al-Qaeda since bin Laden uh, was kind of hiding out in Abbottabad, Pakistan. And needless to say, the uh, relationship with America and Pakistan is getting rockier and rockier uh, than ever. Uh, and well, it's even, uh, certainly problematic that yeah. some of the recent events. We had uh, retiring uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff Mullen mm-hmm. openly uh, suggesting that uh, the Haqqani uh, network is uh, being supported by ISI. No question that there are ISI people that are connected to the Haqqani network, but alas, so is Ronald Reagan. Uh, Ronald Reagan even had a Connie in the White House. That's right. Um, so the uh, moral equivalent of our founding fathers to uh, <clears throat> remind Americans of what Ronald Reagan uh, used to describe the uh, Muslim extremists that we were supporting uh, in uh, Afghanistan in the 1980s. This is blowback, too. And al al um, you know, since the, the killing of bin Laden uh, some months ago, he is the logical successor to bin Laden. Um, Ayman al-Zawari um, doesn't have the charisma. And let's face it, the guy looks like one of those garden gnomes <laughs> that we saw in the Full Monty. <laughs> Dancing in the windows. <laughs> when I think it was Gerald had that job interview. Right. One of the greatest uh, funny scenes and unexpected things of all time. Watching those dancing gnomes in the window. <laughs> trying to sabotage his job interview because they didn't want the uh, little enterprise that they had going uh, to go awry. <laughs> they were hoping to crack him up. <laughs> Certainly cracked me up. But uh, Ayman al-Zawari just is not the uh, logical successor to bin Laden, but al-Alaki is. And the idea that there's secret evidence that they're using to justify what they've done, there may well be secret evidence. I don't know, and I don't really care his evidence is open. It's on the Internet. It's speeches that he's been giving for years. And I just don't understand why it, in, in an environment uh, in which, uh, we, no, we cannot have a war on terror. That's nonsense. But we can go after people that are connected directly to al-Qaeda. And this guy was a leader of al-Qaeda. Um, maybe he was uh, the Yemeni's leader. But he was the logical successor to Osama bin Laden. And lamenting what happened in this drone strike <laughs> that some liberals have suddenly decided. I even heard somebody suggest that Obama should be impeached over this. I, ludicrous. Obama is doing what he's supposed to be doing. And Al-Aliki got what he deserved. And the idea that he was not afforded constitutional rights as an American citizen is pure nonsense. There's no ability to go into Yemen in the mountains, in the villages, and make an arrest. And you're probably not going to get uh, any substantive cooperation from the Yemenis government, because let's fa- face it, Yemen... Who's in control over there anyway? It's been control. destabilized for really quite some time. It's a it, it, long it's a history of... No. of uh... it, it's a mess, and it, it, it's likely <coughs> to uh, remain a mess. And uh, speaking of messes re- regarding Pakistan, did want to recommend a uh, very good article... In one of the most uh, recent New York Review of Books, the September 29th edition, Why They Get Pakistan Wrong, that goes into the details of the um, troubling uh, relationship with Pakistan and some of the history. Uh, this article by Moshin Hamid is a review of a couple of uh, recent books published on the Pakistan-American relationship. And I think Americans are unaware of some of the problems that uh, 
I think, uh, you know, doom this eventual mission in Afghanistan. I wanted to point out a few problems that uh, this article highlights. It says that the country's death toll from terrorist attacks rose from 164 in uh, 2003 to 3,318 in 2009. That's, uh, those are 9-11 numbers. These are, these are citizens that are dying from terrorist attacks within Pakistan itself. Some 3,500 Pakistanis, including 3,500 members of security forces, have died in terror and counter-terror violence. They go into a detail on the funding and the Pew Global attitudes regarding Pakistanis' uh, favorable opinion of the United States where uh, they only had only 12% of Pakistanis have a favorable opinion of the United States and only 8% would like to see US troops stay in Afghanistan quote until the situation has stabilized. The article also goes into a very interesting fumble by uh, the previous president George Bush who was advised uh, after 9-11 and the US campaign in Afghanistan in reviewing a book by Zahid Hussein, The Scorpion's Tale, The Relentless Rise of Islamic Militants in Pakistan and How It Threatens America, uh, the reviewer, uh, Moshi Hamid, writes, As the U.S. campaign in Afghanistan began, Hussein writes, Musharraf warned the United States not to allow the Northern Alliance forces to enter Kabul before a broad-based Afghan national government was put in place. But the U.S. ignored this advice, and later at the Bonn Conference of December 2001, Hamid Karzai was installed as chairman and subsequently pres uh, president as Pakistan, quote, window dressing, while the Northern Alliance took over most of the powerful sections of the government. Because this reviewer goes on to point out that the real situation in Pakistan, he goes into the paltry economic aid that they've received, sarcastically noting that per capita it is the equivalent of $2.67 per Pakistani uh, citizen. Here in Lahore, that's the price of a six-inch personal pizza with no extra toppings from Pizza Hut. So he goes into the political uh, repair that needs to be done in this uh, troubled relationship. And, of course, the economic aid which Pakistan has received is paltry relative to the military yes. aid that they've received. How much of that goes into the hands of the ISI is, of course, something that uh, is probably not even known. Uh, how many of the high-ranking officials or functionaries or even agents of the ISI, the Interstate Intelligence Service there in Pakistan, are directly involved with the Taliban, with al-Qaeda, any number of uh, nefarious forces. The uh, recent death of the former president of uh, Afghanistan has been linked to ISI operatives. Mm -hmm. So we're paying Pakistan to make America's job, quote-unquote, in Afghanistan even more difficult. Uh, the idea that uh, we're now waiting for 2014 to withdraw our forces from Afghanistan uh, boggles the mind because how much more money can we waste there? Yeah, and, and, and it's interesting because the total um, amount of money spent on the Afghan-Iraq um, wars, according to a recent Brown study, is $3.7 trillion. Uh wonder why we're broke. Uh, let's look 
at the money. Follow the money, as they said during Watergate. And uh, this is a very good article about this troubled historical relationship, and it's uh, interesting to note that the original tilt to Pakistan was orchestrated by none other than Tricky Dick. And Henry Henry Kissinger. Kissinger. And Reagan, of course, uh, followed up on that uh, by funneling money uh, to the Haqqani network, among others, during this uh, destabilization of Afghanistan uh, in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. The the United States uh, historically was in Afghanistan. Uh, This uh, is just a historical fact uh, during the Carter presidency. But Reagan escalated the money big time. Uh, we were only funneling about $3 million into Pakistan. Well, and you think back, too, that the reason, one of the major reasons for the tilt to Pakistan was sort of Kissinger's obsession with, quote-unquote, real politic. And I think India was one of the bigger yeah. countries in the non-aligned right. uh, countries. And so as a sort of punishment for them not jumping on board uh, the U.S. alliance, the NATO uh, thing, uh, oh, well, we're going to tilt to Pakistan. And that non-alignment, just for the record, has frequently been portrayed by revisionist historians as pro-Soviet. Uh, it was not pro-Soviet. They had friendly relations with the Soviet Union. They had friendly relations with the United States. They were non-allied. And it's interesting to note, as this article does, that uh, the United States has uh, funded $20.7 billion to Pakistan from 20, uh, 2002, which is essentially the fiscal year when the, the uh, war in Afghanistan began, to 2010, $14 billion, uh, was for Pakistan uh, military assistance. And they go into the, need, uh, the, the, the situation involving the fact that the Pakistani military gained, as the article notes, gained access to advanced U.S.-made weapons. The most important were the 40 F-16 fighter aircraft, too few, obviously, to resist any full-blown Soviet air assault, but enough to mean- meaningfully uh, strengthen the Pakistan Air Force against uh, its Indian rival. And uh, the article also notes, and we should uh, point out in the big picture, that another second uh, flaw, political flaw, that needs to be addressed in which he talks about the Pashtun War. Let's remember, by the way, that this whole... Uh, Afghan-Pakistan border. Uh, it's an arbitrary uh, creation of the British imperialists back in the 19th century, the infamous Duran Line, mm-hmm. 1893, I believe, where they divided the Pashtun uh, people. The British did. Uh, the border is arbitrary. This is why these tribal regions are and have historically been ungovernable and why there are so many cross-border attacks. And it is this murky relationship Involving negotiations, which Karzai, for, uh, to his credit, has been advocating that there need to be more direct negotiations. It's interesting that just a couple of months ago, one of the Taliban negotiators that America thought it was dealing with turned out to be a fraud. He wasn't who he said he was. How would we know? How would we know? <laughs> so it's uh, highly recommend this article. Uh, just because it's got a lot of uh, substance to it, and I think illuminates the complexity of the situation a little better than the mainstream media here in the United States. And, of course, Adru, uh, Ad- Admiral Mullen, who just retired as the uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, 
had a sort of parting uh, shot mm-hmm. uh, in his uh, final congressional appearance in which he pretty much accused the Pakistan um, ISI of direct support for the Haqqani Network. Interesting that uh, they denied that in a British BBC interview that I heard last night. So you may want to check that one out, too. Probably can be had in their archives. And I'm sure they'll follow up on it because uh, there's been a lot of focus on Haqqani, the Haqqani uh, uh, network, so to speak, in the uh, last couple of uh, weeks and months regarding the continuing problem uh, with this uh, mess that we have in the Pashtun land. Well, Pakistan's not going to get any better anytime soon, and it's amazing when you think of the sort of old Republican rhetorical sawhorse that, ah, Democrats just want to throw money at a problem. Let's, you know, throw money at schools and it'll fix the, uh, you know, the low levels of uh, education for American youth or whatever, and yet they're so willing to continue to throw money at Pakistan. Uh, We're not going to be able to buy our way out of uh, the jam there. Uh, Pakistan's already beginning to buy weapons from China. And we're seeing uh, what I've sort of anticipated for a few years now, some sort of uh, potential future alliance between either China and Iran, China and India, China and Pakistan. China's a player in that region. It is, after all, their backyard. It's uh, way across the world from us. It uh, does not really impact or affect uh, the average American in their daily lives. And there's no oil in Pakistan, so... Again, why? Well, there are lots of mountains, and lately there's been a lot of water because for the second year running, they've had serious flooding, catastrophic flooding. Uh, No connection, of course, to anything known as climate change. But uh, refer to Rick Perry and his uh, burrow. He can give you more information on that. Well, let's see how much uh, aid, uh, federal aid, uh, Texas allows itself to receive for the uh, longstanding drought, which is starting to uh, cut heavily into the cattle industry. Yeah, and the drought in Texas is real. I actually have something on that specifically that I can't find at the moment. Uh, Interesting to see, by the way, these... uh, Oh, uh, our engineer, our ever-reliable engineer is... uh, giving us the wrap-up signal, but it's interesting to note that they've had these protests in uh, in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. uh, shutting down the bridge and the Occupy Wall Street stuff. Yeah. Real interesting because I uh, just wanted to mention that today uh, is the Take Back the American Dream conference in Washington that uh, Robert Borsage and uh, Katrina Vanden Heuvel in the most recent edition of The Nation discuss regarding the uh, literal collapse of the middle class under uh, 30 years of pretty much Reaganomics. And it's just mind-boggling to me that uh, John Boehner with a straight face can go on TV and ask can all the presidential candidates and recommend the same uh, economic uh, formula. Cut taxes, cut spending, and uh, good luck. (laughs) Yeah, it's not worked so far, so why would it work again? Yes. Uh, Why would it work again? I have no idea, but they note in their article 
Uh, just to remind you, you are listening to Gray Matters here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Some of these protesters are saying that they're taking inspiration from the crowds of young people in Cairo, in Tunisia. Well, of course, America celebrated this, you know, democratic.